that being said about the Oscars, if you capture, you have to leave that in. That being said, about, you have to leave all this in. Right <laughs> Adapted from the Ah, what is going on? This is Kenneth Branagh's semi-autobiography. Yeah, leave that in as well. Welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm your host, Bankoli Mokwede. Today, Long Lost Soul finally returns to the podcast. They tried to kick me out. I will start off by hearing his thoughts on the Batman. Then, later, we're going to give our top five movies of the year, and I hope you stick around for that. But first, we're going to discuss two best picture hopefuls, Jane Campion's Power of the Dog and Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. We're talking about Jane Campion's award speech. And joining me today, <laughs> he keeps staring at those damn hills. What is he looking at? It's Jibs. Yeah, man. Guys try to kick me out, but I've been. Tr- <laughs> I've been. I'm back. Back with the vengeance. <laughs> I'm back. Fair enough. I didn't. I didn't expect that. How I'm, are you, man? I'm stressed, but you know what? Stressed, man. This life thing. Life is really life in man. You blink for one second and another person that you've known is fucking getting in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, life is really life in man. Whoever wants I to mean, I want, me. I want all my friends to go and get engaged and get married because, like I keep saying, I want to go to people's weddings. Free I want to food go and, and free wine, man. <laughs> get me involved in all of that. <laughs> I, want to go, I, I want to go and cry at people's wedding. I don't, I don't really care about my own wedding. I'm not looking forward to my own wedding or anything soon, but like, I want to go to other people's weddings and go cry and cry at their love. So, any of my friends that listen to this, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up. Problems that when they're all married and then it's just. Just you and I still doing the podcast. We'll be going to the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> no, which clubs? We're going to be doing podcasts, man. That's gonna yeah, be... but how do we we'll do the podcast and then how do we like try to relieve our youth? Well, we'll have like a. Because I recently got like a cocktail shaker, so we can make a couple of cocktails on the side. Another round. Just do another round. Oh, <laughs> another, <laughs> round. another round part two. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So let's. Let's just quickly go through this because this could be... We have things to talk about in this episode. So, again, I'll just bore you guys with a quick admin. Most importantly, it's here. The Oscars are a mere few days away. And Obira and I are going to record our thoughts straight after the show. I still don't know why we did this. Like, we should have learned from last year. Especially after last year. So I hope you check out for that. Monday 28th. We're recording it live, 5am. Have you watched The Father yet? Yeah, I watched The Father before the Oscars. Oh, wow. There have been a lot of retrospective takes about may- maybe the right guy won for for best actor. No, no, but wait. I, I mean, even back then, I was like, Anthony Hopkins gives a great performance. I still yeah. don't think it's better than Chadwick's performance. I think it's a great performance. And I think, like, if he had won without all the things around it. Right. right. And not, not to go by this thing again, but we, we give people Oscars for, like, oh, it's your time. Which yeah. everybody agrees on. So sometimes maybe you give Oscar if like if it's a tie between two people and one person is dead and the other one is alive already has an Oscar. Maybe you give anyway. Well, you know that was not even like again. We all know that if the Oscar to Chadwick had gone or rather to Anthony Hopkins had gone earlier in the night, it was the way it was all structured. Like like they structured it for it to be the last one, that, and that was that's one of the top ten funniest. That was just a I've mess. It was just a mess. Anyway, but yes, we're going to record after the pod, after the Oscars and give our thoughts. I will not be going on an existential crisis this time. Because I don't see any big thing that's going to happen. <laughs> we'll see. 
Um, Speaking of existential crisis, have any of the people, has anyone's publicist leaked, you know, how much suffering they had to do or how much method they had to do before, you know, to prepare them for a role or something? Not that I know. What is wrong with you? Why are you so, like, why do you have so much hate in your heart? It's just, I mean, it's all politics. It's all part of the game, isn't it? Anyway, let me get, can I finish this admin? Um, Gosh, I'm going to have to do like a 20 minute solo podcast on like fucking method acting. And that being said, if you catch up on the Oscar movies this year, we've done several episodes on them over the last few weeks. So please go check them out. We spoke about the big hitters like Dune and West Side Story and Don't Look Up and King Richard. And we also spoke about the underseen films that you should definitely check out like Nightmare Alley and Passing and The Lost Daughter. So watch those movies, listen to us talk about them. That's the whole synergy on this podcast. Um... Last week, Ibuka, Emmanuel, and myself gave our reactions to the Batman. And then earlier this week as well, three of, the three of us were joined by a friend, Nicole, for a fun game where we drafted our ideal sequel to the film, featuring characters like Lady Shiva and Man Bat. So please check those out. And in between those two episodes is our celebration of five years of Get Out. And as always, please follow us on whatever platform you're listening on. And please rate and review this podcast as it really helps us get out there. For the white, um, for the get out episode, I think we should. It should be me and like two white women, just like talking about. Well, <laughs> talking we about knew that was going to be your idea, which is why we did not tell you about the episode until we had recorded it and put it out. I mean, um, it's just following the theme of the movie, isn't it? Sure, so. sure, okay. Um, you've got to be in trouble with this silly campaign, man. You what know? have I done? <laughs> Over like seven people, I've always like. You know, Jibs, you know, I know where you're off to. I'm just I don't think I said that. I mean, you, have, you clearly well, haven't listened to the Get Out podcast because... You've, you've said a lot of things, man. You've been insinuating a lot of things. You clearly haven't listened to Get Out podcast because you'd be in much more trouble if you've listened to that podcast. <laughs> also, we're going to have our predictions for the Oscars, all categories, who we think will win and who would want to win. Put it on our Instagram and Twitter pages tomorrow, so please check that out. Mm-hmm. My Batman thoughts. What a fucking movie. Three hours. It should have been fucking five hours, man. And the thing about the movie is like, I, I, I tried to make, because the first thing I watched, the first thing I was seeing that I realized when I was watching the movie, like, this is a detective. This is a whodunit. This is a mystery movie. But at the same time, it has like this sort of crime underworldy there. They're trying to all piece out together. Like, well, aware of like Hugh Falcon and who Maron is and who Jim Gordon is. But it's, I just like the whole, it was like neo-noir kind of mm-hmm. vibe. First movie I thought of when I thought about it was Chinatown straight away. Straight of course away. it was. You you go all the straight way to the away. Polanski, don't you? Well, I mean, there's a, some Chinatown. I'm joking. Like, I'm I guess joking. <laughs> Polanski, by the way. I was trying to say like it was it's a bit of Chinatown, it's a bit of seven yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. I, it's a bit of seven from like the Riddler's perspective, mm-hmm. and it's a bit of Chinatown. Also a bit from, of like, Zodiac. How, a bit of Zodiac as well. On how like uh he, it's like it's film it's based it's film noir man and i just love a bit of film noir in my life we need to bring film noir back kind of like erotic watch thrillers, isn't it? i've watched that man yeah go yet. watch that early in terms of noir it's like erotic thrillers what's that ben affleck movie oh deep water with anna Diarmas. yeah we need to bring that movie's gonna have back. zero promotion zero <laughs> okay Gosh. the power of the dog this is jane campion's film Adapted from a 1967 mm-hmm. novel by Thomas Savage, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. Cody Smith McPhee, and our guy, Jesse Clements. This is a movie that requires spoiler discussion. So we're going to talk a bit about what our thoughts and then go into spoilers later. As always, I will put a timestamp. Um, the plot of this movie is essentially a rancher becomes a bully towards his brother's new wife. Mm-hmm. Obia, what are your thoughts on this film? 
Um, great performances. Really good performances, especially by, uh, I can't believe I'm saying his name, Kamabach. I think Kamabach is great. I think the movie is a really, um, it's like a, I like the vibe of the movie, like proper like Western vibe. Well, not according to Sam Elliott. Samuel, whether I like you or not, this movie is bloody Western, man. But obviously, it doesn't have like the whole West, you know, themes of you know Western heroes yeah. and stuff like that. It still has like like kind of like cowboy vibe and stuff like that. Um, frontier, American frontier, vibe mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that. It's it's one of those movies where you have to like proper sit down and you know you can't be in and out. You have to be hundred percent in on the movie. And I think it was a I don't want to say tough movie to watch, but... Tough as in laborious? Yeah. On first viewing, maybe... I think it's one of those movies where with time, I'll be like, okay, this... Definitely this. This was something. But... But... I'm big but. I'm hearing it for best picture, and I don't really understand why. Um, Really good movie, though. It might be the surrounding, the circumstances around me watching it second time. But I found the second time because I watched it twice. I literally just watched right. it for this recording. I found the second time more difficult than the first time. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say more more. It was rewarding, obviously, in the sense that, because obviously I don't want to give spoilers just yet, but then you see clues towards the ending of the film. And people in little things, like you see how, oh, this character is really, like this, or rather this actor is really doing something tiny things that you wouldn't know until you watch it second time so yeah but the first half of the movie was more difficult to watch the second time i was really mm. blown away by the film the first time i watched it um what were you blown away by? well i mean not to spoil my list towards the end but i said i was blown away but it doesn't make my my, my, my top five of the year i think you're the only one um, i mean it doesn't i don't think it makes my top 10 wow but i think when we're going like going through the first i mean going through the first half of the movie i was thinking a lot about Nomadland when I was watching mm-hmm, this movie mm-hmm. because, again, like, Nomadland is the presumptive nominee. It has this kind of, like, it's not, they're not similar filmmakers in any way, but just the fact of, like, just the use of, like, big, expansive space. So I was thinking about yeah. Nomadland and, obviously, you know I was, I didn't really like Nomadland last year. You liked it more than I did. And then the first time I was like, okay, wait, okay, is this going to be, this seems a bit slow and I was intrigued because I'm like, this is a new combo batch. I've not seen this combo batch before. It's also a new Clemens. Like, Clemens is meant to be our villain. So, like, I was like, okay, I was intrigued by the performances. And then second half, the first time I watched second half, I was like, oh. Like, when you see that new shade of Cumberbatch and the, the, his backstory and what he's doing, I was like, and then the last half hour just blew me away. Like, the last Same. five, ten minutes. And then when you start placing everything in your head, like you said, performances all across the board, great. Mm-hmm, Directing, mm-hmm. great. And I think the thing about this movie is, which I think is the case for a lot of Best Picture nominees. I think I'm going to put No Man Land there as well. Sorry, Best Picture winners. is like, you... I don't think you can, like... I don't, I don't... I'm not trying to sound rude to anyone, but I don't think you can, like, know film, like, know about film, and watch this film. The same way you can not watch No Man Land and not admire it. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't like it, you admire it. You you, you see, like, the high skill it's sort of like, in okay, filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's... I think if you get admiration all across the board, you win Best Picture. Like, because, right. because, because cinematographers are like, the cinematography here is good. So I'm giving it to you. Very, very good. And I think this is kind of where, because um, in Oscars, it's, what, is it called? Preferential, preferential voting. Yeah, preferential voting. So essentially, 
for anyone who doesn't understand, it's like you you put this is my first film, my second film, my third film. I don't know like the exact weights that each thing gets. To put it to explain it in like layman terms, a movie can get I mean this is very unlikely, but a movie may say it, it gets like maybe one percent of like first places. But it's, it's mm-hmm. all its votes are within like two to four. It can win best picture. Because yeah. maybe the movie that some people give for example Coda number one, but they give Coda number eight. And then Coda right. number nine. So it does it's long trace, but if a movie like, for example, Power of the Dog is two, three, four in every single person's ballot, it's going to win, even though it never gets one. And that's just the way, like that's the way preferential voting works, essentially. People really think that Power of the Dog might preferential voting might help Power of the Dog. I think the opposite. I think Oh no, really... I think preferential voting might help Coda. That's what I was thinking as well. Uh, like we might we might get to that in a bit later, but like I think it might help Coda. I think it might help something like Belfast. I think Belfast. I think it might help those two movies. Professional yeah. Burton helps movies that like when you come out you feel good. Yeah. I was gonna say something about um licorice pizza, but I mean there's been a lot of um... Yeah, well I mean without like, getting the licorice pizza spoiler, because obviously I haven't seen it. But something like Green Book, that's how Oh my god. But that's how a movie like Green Book wins best picture because like the people that are <laughs> the <laughs> I mean, I haven't spoke, I haven't watched Green Books. I don't want to speak too much about it, but but, like, but yeah, but like they think that they're doing a good thing by picking Green Book because Green Book is a progressive movie, so they feel good. So even if it's only at number one, it might be at number two, three, four, whatever. So yeah, but I mean, we'll get to Best Picture in a second. But yeah, no. So I what was I talking about before? Yeah, I just I like this movie the first time. I I don't think that there's nothing wrong in the filmmaking of this movie. Like everything yeah. is just really good. And I was surprised because I thought the movie was going to be... Basically, I thought the first half of the movie was how the movie was going to be for the entire run, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect that second half to kind of... It, I mean, a friend of... A fr- Jesus, a friend? I mean, knock on wood. Someone that we both listened to in terms of podcasting described the movie as like... It was like he did, no one told him that it was an erotic thriller because like the <laughs> second half kind of becomes an erotic thriller. Yeah, and it's like... Oh, so, shit. yeah, I... I like this movie, and I, I think I remember thinking I was like, okay, if this is our pretentious pick of the year, I'm happy with that because I don't hate this movie. Like, Nomadland was our pretentious pick of the year, and I, I didn't really like Nomadland, so I was like, if this mm. is it, then yeah, that's fine. This can be our pretentious pick of the year. I don't mind too much. I've very quickly given up the thing of like the movie I like the most should win Best Picture. I've just like I, I don't think that's a thing that could happen. If that makes sense. Well, I guess you could do what you think should win yeah, yeah no, and no, i just mean as in you know how people are like oh this should win best picture because it's not the best movie of the year or it's not my best movie like that that how like mostly because of professional voting like we just said but also like it's a, it's an election like somebody is the front runner for a while and picks up steam and then eventually wins like it's very rare that like if you want to get your like your your baby to win go for things like performances and maybe screenplay and stuff like that. It's very... I mean, I think that it was the get-out year that like was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, that's not how this... That's not how this works. Hello, listeners. All five of you. So what happened here is that obi and I then proceeded to stumble into this whole back and forth about the state of the Oscars. So what I've done is I've edited that down and I've put it as a bonus episode on our feed. If you want to listen to us just rant about why the Oscars are so messy, right now um and yeah for the rest of you like let's go back to the show before we go into spoilers for this movie um let's quickly talk about the the oscar it's oscar chances we've already mentioned that it's limited it's limited for i think 12 it's the most this year 12 nominations and 
that includes Best Picture, Best Director, Best Lead Actor for Cumberbatch, Best Supporting Actress for Kirsten Dunst, two Supporting Actor nominations for Cody Spin McPhee and Jesse Plemons, Adapted Screenplay, Editing, Cinematography, Score, Production Design, and Sound. I mean, look, it's been winning, <laughs> I think since like December, it's won everything in its path, so I don't see how it doesn't win Best Picture, honestly. Like, you obviously mentioned Coda and Belfast, and I watched, I recently watched Coda, and if anyone's listening to that and you haven't watched it, I would really suggest it. I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... It, so, yeah, it's we'll talk about Coda in a second. But yeah, um, I think it wins picture and director. I think, I think those, those are a lot. I mean, barring some... What am I talking about the Oscars? How do we stop this Oscar spoiler problem? What do you By mean? By the time we get to the Oscars, we know 90% of the winners. Um, Then we should hold the Oscars in Hold the Oscars first, right? And then do all the other ones yeah. later. January 1st, yeah. And just go from there. But I feel like everyone would just sort of like, like heard, heard behavior. Everyone would just sort of like vote for like whoever's won the Oscars or something. Oh yeah, and I mean that, that black one. But you get what I'm trying to say. Like by the time the Oscars come, I we can probably safely bet who's going to win. Like the favorite is going to win almost every. There might be one shock of the night, but like it won't be. So yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't like it because there's so many awards before it. You're anything to be surprised. Something like Power it? of the Dog. The Power of the Dog has won every. <laughs> Jane Campion and Power of the Dog literally won on the same night. The BAFTA and the Critics Choice literally on the same night. The Cumberbatch win the BAFTA. No, Will Smith. Will Smith is another person that is, is sweeping it all up, man. Yeah, Cumberbatch picked, a, picked the wrong year, man. <laughs> Which is what I, I, I said, because I think in a different year, Cumberbatch wins this Oscar. Yeah, but um, I, I haven't watched I haven't watched King oh Richard my yet, God. but according to everybody, he's given oh my like, God. the performance he of is his giving, life. I think it's... Um, Plus, Will Smith is going to do some... Everyone likes Will Smith and it's going to campaign. Like, my only you know, thing about Will Smith is that his speeches have not been have not been as funny as I wanted them to be. They've been very emotional. Because he's gone through fifteen years heartfelt. of he's been in the gulag for fifteen years making some bullshit movies, man. It's not it's not funny anymore. No, but he's still very funny. He had this like he had he, uh, his BAFTAs. Was his no critics choice? He had this like very off the cuff funny moment. But he should go hit up Brad Pitt's speechwriters for Brad's um Oscar Rod. He was just killing it with jokes at every award show. Anyway, yeah. So we think he's gonna be best picture and best director. Lead actor probably not. Supporting actress. Most likely not. Um, but it's very interesting if, like, maybe the power of the dog wave just carries everybody and some people just start winning things. And if anyone is going to upset Will, it's probably going to be Benedict Cumberbatch. So that should be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how the screenplay norms are going to go, but or rather wins, but it maybe wins adapted. There's some other strong nominees in that category. But I think Jane Campion leaves there with at least one Oscar, probably two. Which black woman do you reckon she'll bash next in her Oscar speech? Oh, man. <laughs> that was so strange. <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk about the spoilers of Power of the Dog. Um, okay, so this will be spoilers now. I'll give like five seconds for you guys to stop listening if you've not already stopped listening. Um, okay, obi When did the end of this film hit you? Like, when did you clock what had happened? Oof. So what do you mean? Like, give me an example. Like, when did you realize that, oh, Pete killed Phil? What's going on? Sorry, I just, I just passed out. I think it was late. It was, I think I realized quite late, you know, I, I sort of, I watched it all through the end. Mm-hmm. Then I just sort of, so I was watching, I was watching, I was watching it. Then I just like, when I stopped, I was like, I clocked, like, oh shit. 
Pete Kilfil. <laughs> I was like, oh, cause I, I didn't get that early. I didn't get that fucking early enough, man. And I was just like, oh, wow, that really, that really came full circle. I was like, because I was so thinking, because I was thinking some of the, some of the doesn't add up, some of the doesn't add up. Then like, boom. Okay. Okay, Jane. <laughs> okay, Jane, that, okay, you got me there. You got I me mean, there. like, from, like, literally the first lines of the movie are a clue. Like, he literally starts the movie by saying, um, I would do anything to protect my mother or something along those lines. And, like, we should have known that that was all, like, and then, and then I started, I started, I started, I started I was like, oh, wait, I remember when he was, when he gave the cigarette to Phil and he was making the rope and Phil didn't touch it. He just, like, put it in Phil's mouth. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, he was wearing gloves. And then all little pieces just started falling in my head. Literally, last scene, where you see him smiling, I was like, oh. Oh, uh, look at that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think, like I said, I think that this might be me being basic. When aren't you that, basic, man? That plot twist is very pulpy. It's very, like, mainstream. And I think that plot twist kind of changes the way I feel about the movie because then it doesn't... So is it changing it for the good or bad? Good, way? which is what I mean by I'm basic. Like, it then, it doesn't just look like a 12 like, introspective drama, which is, again, no problem with those kind of films. But, like, when you add that little bit of sprinkling, that little bit of seasoning of, like, plot twist, I'm like, oh, okay, that... It makes me want to talk about the movie and it makes me, okay, and I start thinking, oh, what would make this boy do something like that to protect his mom? And I'm like, oh, okay. He did one was that like his father thought he was, it was not nice enough or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, those little things, I was like, oh, okay. And then I said, did Phil know? Because I think on rewatch, I think he might have known when he carried, when he was carrying the rope back. Mm-hmm. I think that was where he dropped it. I think he clocked at that point what had happened. So... Phil's character, man, I fucking guys. <laughs> I really, I really like. I not, I don't like the character, but I think, I think Cumberbatch <laughs> did it because, like, the first half, he's just a bully. Yeah, and it's, it's actually kind of hilarious the way he bullies her, like, like playing the music when she's trying to do. It's actually kind of hilarious, and it's like you didn't play. You've been practicing so much. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, is this all he's going to be? He's going to be a bully for two hours, and then in that second half, he like finds he finds love i keep saying that he finds he falls in love and that's kind of the movie like he i don't i I don't want to say i don't want to ascribe that it was romantic love but he definitely sees him Mm -hmm. um in in pete like a kindred spirit and he he wants to wants to care for him the way bronco harry i'm kind of i'm kind of glad i'm seeing cumberbatch play because my big problem with him was like i don't think he was typecast into like this big you know, this smart-ass guy who knows everything, who can solve everything. Like, he was basically playing, like, a big, you know, um, nerd who has, like, massive social problems in most of his movies. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's was, a simplification, but yes. <laughs> but it was quite refreshing to see him take on something, you know, like this. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about it. How do you realize accents? Well... I think I've told you about. I think I've told you this. Like, I don't really. I mean, unless you're doing, unless you're, unless you're doing Nigerian accents, I don't really care about accents. Maybe, maybe because it's maybe because I, I, I have this kind of um, how do I put it? Um, self-conscious that I'm terrible at accents, so I don't want to go okay. out and judge other people. No, I, I. Do you know what? <laughs> I literally imagined you in a comedy, and I just started laughing. Well, thank you. That's that's what. Uh, <laughs> Two days ago, I just can't imagine you doing a comedy, just like because oh. I, I I was re- I was watching some um some actors interview and she was and the person was like, it's harder to do comedy than to do drama. Oh, yeah, I think so. And she was like, it's much harder to do comedy than to do drama. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because I thought comedy is just like you know, 
try and do a lot of improv or if you got like, first of all improv is very difficult improv, like really. improv is not a thing you can just try and do and like drama you not it's not i'm not trying to say drama is not that you read the lines but you act the lines right comedy you you can't just act the lines because you say something and then a funny person the mafia will say something and it's the same thing but it's just funnier like you just it's just <laughs> yeah. funnier i guess it's all about delivery innit? it's like mumbo rap it's like you can say nonsense but it's all about delivery because comedy for comedy to be not for comedy to be funny but a lot of comedy takes a lot of comedy is high it's not necessarily grounded right comedy is kind of like it's why i think it's also why a lot of comedians go into like doing horror films mm. they are quite high and extremes of like the emotional skill but they also need to be grounded for us to like okay. latch onto them like drama is just ground drama is just drama drama is real life drama it's is just straight way, line yeah. right it's, it's difficult obviously acting is difficult but it's just a straight line but then mm-hmm. like comedy you need to be able to go high but also keep it down like you also like <laughs> you, need to, you need to be able to pick your yeah, spots think about your think about your favorite comedy i'm just i'm just even thinking now like like for example if i think about for example so i don't know why this is in my head but jonah hill is in my head i'm super bad like he he does some very high things there that are like almost surrealist, but he mm-hmm. needs to be able to bring it down for you to latch onto the character. Actually, you know who's really good at this? Steve Carell. Steve Carell is really good at what I'm trying to describe. Like he can do absurdist stuff, but then because he's also, I mean, Steve is a good actor, so it's different. But like, you also need to be like straight line. It needs to be grounded for you to. So yeah, comedy is more difficult than than, than drama. I don't. Do you have any final thoughts on, on Power of the Dog? We spent so much time talking about the Oscars. I don't think we talk about the movie itself. I'm waiting for the f- I'm waiting for the next Oscar movie where, um, the next um No Country movie that because it's won a lot of awards or Best Picture or something, everyone then goes to watch it because I think that's what happened with No Country. Oh, that that's happened. That kind of happened with not everyone, but I, I think that happened with Arrival. Really? Or was it Get Out? No, I think I would. It was definitely wasn't Get Out. Get Out was was more of what so the streets Get Out came out like in March. I think it was Arrival because I remember I I only watched Arrival the second time it came out because mm. it came out I didn't catch it and then you know when these movies get into the Oscars they then put it out again and that was when A and I went to go and watch it. I think it happened. Right. I think it definitely happened for Parasite. Hundred percent happened for Parasite. I think it, yeah. I guess Parasite was yeah got that. Um, I guess No Country was also like a was quite a popular book, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um this year let, let, let's look at the list whom i did work for this year i think i work for coda coda is quite underseen and it's gonna win coda is gonna win at least one oscar so i think people will go watch after that um what else might it boost up i can't think of it. maybe drive my car drive my car will be out on hbo max at that point yeah, in time. probably win like best for him yeah win. okay let's go at belfast top of the morning to oh you oh my god you're gonna cancel this podcast <laughs> I've been practicing that for like two weeks, you know, so you better appreciate that. Do you think me and that girl have a future? Well, why the heck not? You know she's a Catholic. And you call me her? Yes! You know who you are. Your buddy from Belfast, where everybody knows you. They look so the whole family looks out for you. Be good, son. If you can't be good, be, be careful. careful. And that thought will keep you safe. to cleanse the community. You wouldn't want to be the old man out in the street. You touch my family and I'll kill you. Was that our side that done all that? There is no our side and their side in our street. 
Well, there didn't used to be anyway. We're living in a civil war. This is the time to make a new start. Mama says if we went across the water, they wouldn't understand the way we talk. Shouldn't be a problem. I've been married to your granny for 50 years. I've never understood a word you said. <laughs> what do you want? I want you and my granny to come too. Bloody religion, that's a problem. Then why are you sending us to church? Because your granny would kill me if I didn't. We're not dead. Back here. <laughs> How could I leave Belfast? Everybody likes them and everybody looks after them. Belfast will still be here when you get back. Will you? I'm going nowhere you won't find me. The Irish were born for leaving. Otherwise, the rest of the world would have no hopes. What do you want? I want my family with me. I want you. You know who you are. And wherever you go, and whatever, you become. That'll always be the truth. Be good, son. If you can't be good. And if you can't be good, be careful. Okay. Belfast. This is Kenneth Branagh's autobiographical, semi-autobiographical film starring <laughs> incredibly charming and cute Jude Hill. Catriona oh, Balfe. Oh, he's so cute, man. <laughs> so, did you see his Critics' Choice um, speech? No, I haven't seen it yet. The for best, I think, best young actor or actress. It was the guy that won last year that gave him the award. Do you know who won last year? Alan S. Kim from Minari. Ah. So he now gave Jude Hill. It was it was ridiculous. I was like, what? This is too much for me. Anyway, yeah. So it's starring Jude Hill, Katrina Balfe, Jamie Dornan, Kieran Hines, and Dame Judi Dench. Dame. And this is kind of set on the on the onset of the troubles in Northern Ireland, in which this family has to decide whether they need to leave to London or not. And it is basically shown through the eyes of this 10-year-old kid named Buddy, played by Jude Hill. And this is sort of supposed to be like his life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's semi-autobiographical. Semi-autobiographical, yeah, him growing up. Has your mom seen this movie, Obira? No. Show it to her. I think this is actually the one movie that you could recommend to like adults. That don't no, but she like... wants to watch. She probably wants to watch like some stupid Michael Bay movie on power and all the uh, power fucking. Oh, is that is that what she likes? She likes. Oh, fair enough. She likes power. She I see likes... where I see where you get your taste from. I don't watch power. You know? <laughs> all my friends tell me to watch power. I can't watch that. I mean, if you watch the even Snowfall, I'm still. Hesitant. Anyways, what are your thoughts on Belfast? <laughs> Belfast. Oh, what a beautiful movie, man! It's such a nice movie about this guy growing up and him sort of reconciling with the fact, you know, trying to. Just him, it's like a coming of age sort of thing. Like, not really mm-hmm. um, coming of age, but him just like growing up and, you know. No, it being, is coming of age. I think it's coming of age. I, I think, uh, I guess Licorice Pizza is a bit more coming of age in my definition. Why do you keep going back to this movie? How much did you love this movie? <laughs> I like this movie um, it's American Pie coming of age. Um, anyway. Let's go talk about Belfast. Go talk about wholesome <laughs> movies, please. <laughs> that is not a wholesome movie. Go <laughs> talk about wholesome movies, please. Um... It's it's like just this guy. Uh, it's about family. It's about it's about youth. It's about family again. Um, I, I, it's just such a nice movie, man. And him trying to just rec- recognize like his surroundings and what's going on around, but he's still so innocent. And it's also him trying to find like the scene with like him and the girl in the class. 
it was such a beautiful scene oh my god it's so heartbreaking because he, he goes like first or second and she found out that she's moved back oh in my in the theater i was like oh my god this is so very <laughs> fun it's also funny um, i love this movie i love this movie i remember i think i came out and i posted i was like just oh, i love this movie man i think i was i was emotional from like the third minute of this movie to like the end like you know the first riot i was just like i was just feeling something uh, yeah i mean a friend of mine had told me before that he liked the movie or that he really liked the movie and i actually let him know what i think when i watch it and i was like yeah but like i probably will like it like it's one of those movies that's really starting for me a head start because like um coming of age catnip for me if you do a good coming of age film i'm gonna love the movie like it's just like, days i'm confused i haven't yet. I, need, I need to go down link later's biography um almost famous is that link later as well Days of Confused is Linklater. I don't know if Almost Famous is. Almost Almost Famous is some other famous guy. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so like, if you do a good coming of age, I'm going to like it. If you, I mean, casting young actors is obviously a very difficult thing. But if you get it right, oh my God. I mean, we talk about him in Minari, Alan Kim, last year. Incredible. Um, yeah, so I really love this movie. Like, tight 98 minutes. We're not talking about the troubles. We don't need to know how it happened or what. We're just focusing on this one kid. Um, and just and it's just I'm just like oh, and I think I kept on forget. I, no, not forget. I kept on being surprised by like the new things that went in the movie. I was like oh wait, this movie is just about this kid and he's trying to navigate the troubles and navigate which friends and talk stuff, to. Yeah. And then I, I'm like oh wait, he also has like a love story in this movie. <laughs> like yeah, this it's... kid also has a love. And then like oh wait, his parents also have like kind of like a marital drama going on through his eyes. That's why I said, that's kind of why I said family. It's like... Yeah, and then his grandparents are just like incredibly cute. Like Kieran Hines has like some of the best lines. Mm -hmm, Judy mm -hmm, Dench mm -hmm. is obviously just very warm to him. Yeah, I just, I really like this movie and I... I think people like this movie. I think it's the sort of thing where like, well, I'm watching a black and white movie, but like, you know, 10 minutes in, they're like, oh gosh, this is, this is is beautiful. They'll probably just be like, so focused on, on what they're watching and they'll probably cry at the end. Do you cry at the end? No. Okay. I thought I, I thought it was a movie that would make me cry, but it wasn't. But I was close. I haven't, I haven't cried at a movie. In, I can't remember last time I cried at a movie. Same. I mean, the closer it came was I remember Black Panther. Really? Yeah, when he starts to tell her. No, I'm joking. Um, it was, <laughs> it was a very weird spot in Black Panther. I keep, I think I said it before, but it was, you know, when everyone is going towards his coronation. Uh huh. And then. You have Shuri and oh, I can't remember the battle's character. Is she the next Black Panther movie, by the way? I don't know. Um, oh no, she's definitely in the movie. She's definitely in the movie. Is she? But, yeah, yeah. But then you have you have Shuri and I want to say Ramonda, but I don't think that's correct. I can't remember his mom's name. That's weird. Anyway, but you have her and um, her mom kind of like dancing mm-hmm. towards his coronation, and it was just that shot of seeing these like black women dancing to quote-unquote african tribal music and it just kind of reminded me of like my mom and her, and her sisters and mm. all that and i was like and that was like I, that was not the moment i thought of, i'll get emotional in a black panther film but yeah yeah and then belfast i was just emotional throughout i never I, I didn't cry i was like oh i thought as it was good i was like this might be that make me cry it might be but then obviously it didn't <laughs> um but you know I, I really love this movie and i just so so warm and just so nice and such a warm Jude Hill is so good. Oh, it's so know. good, man. I because we mentioned earlier on about how this or 
Okuda might be two on threes in a lot of professional mm-hmm. balloting. Mm-hmm. Or even ones. I think it, might, it could be one, two, threes because Hollywood like these kind of... Yeah, I mean, like, we mentioned how I don't think you can watch Power of the Dog and not be admire and admire it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can watch... I mean, look, maybe people are just like, this is disgusting and I hate it. But I don't know how you, if you can watch Belfast and not like it. Like, just, like, like it. Like, I was listening to, I listened to a, um, a podcast with someone and he was like, he was a bit iffy on the film, kind of like around the six, seven area. And then the end happens when Jimmy Dornan sings to Catherine above. And then mm-hmm. he was just straight up to an eight. Like, things like that, those little moments can just make you, because that's an incredible sequence when Jamie Dornan sings. Like, it makes your heart mm. grow a couple of times. Like, it's like, so things like that can just take it up the movie for you. And then, or like the fact that these guys are living their home. Yeah, that's kind of, that's yeah, kind of so, so yeah, I don't know how, I mean, obviously people can, but it's difficult to watch this movie and not like it at least. Yeah, I mean, like this movie is not a movie, it's not plot heavy, it's not something you just, all we can read about the movie is I just love this movie. And yeah, let's talk about the Oscar chances for this movie. So this movie has seven nominations. Picture, director, mm-hmm. um, original screenplay, mm-hmm. supporting actor for Kieran Hines, supporting actress for Dame Judi Dench, original song and sound. There's a world... Why didn't Katrina Barth get nominated? I don't know. It just didn't happen. I can't... I think maybe people were going between her and Dame Judi Dench and Dame Judi Dench has more name recognition. I can't explain to you why she didn't get nominated. Right. So there's a chance... There's a world where this movie lives with zero wins. Yeah, I reckon... I reckon it does. Well, original... I really wanted to be an original screenplay. It seems the kind of screenplay that can win. What's he up against again? Yeah, so it's up against Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza by PTA, mm-hmm. and The Worst Person in the World. Right. I think PTA won at the BAFTAs and at the Critics' Choice. I think PTA... Oh, did he? But it's definitely... Yeah. Yeah, PTA, everyone likes PTA. Everyone likes PTA. I don't think Hollywood. he's... I don't think he's like... He's someone that people have seen like he's never really got recognition at the Academy. I don't actually even think he's won. Oh yeah, I was gonna say um, there will be blood. That was no country, wasn't it? Fucking hell, that was no country. That was a good country yeah, because there's been a lot of reports on like how they were recording at the same, the coins and oh, the same location, the same place. So, ah uh, yeah, so ah uh, this is. I think Belfast might end up with no no win. So basically, ah uh, wow, this is so sad. I mean, we always talk about how original screenplay. That's usually where they're like, you are the best film. Mm-hmm. Or you're like up there, but you're not going to win Best Picture, so let's give you screenplay, like i.e. Get Out. And, oh, we love you so much, you're not going to win Best Picture, so let's give you this uh, um, Promising Young Woman. So it's usually a very competitive place. And I see a world in which Belfast leaves with zero wins. Zero out of seven. It's going to be... <sighs> yeah, man. It's... I think... Um, so PTA actually, has... I don't, want to, I don't want to spoil my list, but these... Yeah, this is this is one of like one of my favorite movies from last year. Yeah. So PTA has... Like you said, he's always someone that's loved by Hollywood, but he hasn't won anything. PTA has 11, including his three this year. He has 11 nominations. No win. 11. Branagh has eight. No win. Well, I mean, PTA's years is like, because his movies aren't really, they're great, but they're great in a, um, how do I explain this? PTA is great in a special kind of way. Well, let's not spoil the PTA episodes that we'll finally do eventually at some point later this year. I don't know when. But, um, yeah, so 
It's be, so I think I think Brenner now is now the person with the like the most spread out nominations: best director, best actor, best live action short film, mm-hmm. best adapted screenplay, best supporting actor, best picture, and best original screenplay. Seven different nominations, and he's won none. Wow. He's won none. So eight different nominations, seven different categories, zero wins. <sighs> this is dating back to 1990, so 32 years. Jeez. Well, right. his time is well. His time won't be now, but he will soon get his. Uh, but it should be his, his now, right? If like this should be now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. He will. He will soon have his. Uh, thank you for his services, Oscar. Soon. It looks like Belfast is going to be this year's Boyhood for me. Boyhood. Oh my goodness! Did you like Boyhood? I love Boyhood. I told you, coming of age, catnip for me. Right. <laughs> I need to watch. I need to watch Boyhood. I. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Speaking of. Oscars and best films of the year. We're going to come back and give our top five of the year. Let's go. I wonder if either either of these two films would make the list. Please come back. Okay, over here. We're just going to go through our top five of the year. Obviously, no spoilers. Just trying to say why we like it and recommend it to people. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get us started? What's your number five? Let's go with my number five. I'm going with Spidey No Way Home. Okay. Um, like, I, it was... There's been a lot of, like, takes, which just gets me really irritated on how it was, like, one of the top three Marvel movies of all time. Okay, let, let's, let's do something. Let's, let's, let's try something right now. <laughs> this movie's top five of you for the year. Talk about it without sounding negative. Can we try that? Can we, can we try that? What, what I'll say about this movie is it really tapped into my, like, childhood and like nostalgia and stuff like that he sort of like gave me that effect of like like that feeling of seeing you know for everyone who hasn't watched you know spider-man know him you know what are you doing yeah like that's no spoiler please just say what you want to say like it came out like four months ago the feeling of seeing like i knew it could happen but at the end of the day you still don't know you still really don't know a part of you is like maybe it won't happen like it just doesn't make sense then Mm -hmm. press tours all these guys are saying i'm not who knows if i'm in the movie i don't know best actor nominee give it to andrew garfield for for, for that performance because it really kept me on on edge and on my toes but like i don't think there'll be a lot of feelings um that would match this thing me seeing andrew garfield and toby Maguire, especially Mm -hmm. toby Maguire, in in the movie i was like what the fuck like this is actually happening this is actually happening. Yeah. And like seeing all the villains as well, like Dr. Ock, seeing Jamie Foxx, this new trim, <laughs> seeing all the gang. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a fine movie. It was the same, you know, Marvel roller coaster movie kind of thing. But. Okay, Scorsese. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I really, I really, I had a good time watching it. I, um, I had fun. Oh, we didn't even say that. Like, we're not saying these are the best movies of the year. These are, these are our best movies of the year. Like, and we should, I should, we should also caveat it, but we've not seen some movies. I've not seen... Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of movies. The three-hour epic Drive My Car. I've still <laughs> not seen um, no, Worst Person in the World. So, yeah, there are movies we've not seen. Um, Spidey No Way Home is my number two. Number two? It's my number two, man. Um, I still can't believe this is a movie that, that happened, that exists. <laughs> like, even, in, even in, the, in the world of, like, Infinity War and Endgame, like, your brain... Actually, like, people like us that know about how like, who has the rights and whatever, right? You still feel like there's a line. Like, there's a line that can't be crossed. They're not going to have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland in the same movie. Like, your brain just puts a demarcation. Like, there is a can't-be-seen demarcation. Mm-hmm. And then, like, to have all those guys in the movie, like, my 
my inner and outer child were just giddy throughout. I could not believe what I was watching. Like <laughs> in that moment, because I went, I went up with Ipuka and I was like, at the point I was like, I, was like, I can't believe this is happening. First of all, it starts by saying, I mean, you see, obviously, you see Daredevil at the beginning, and yeah, yeah. For those of us who watch the show, you're like, okay, what? First of all, obviously, I don't think it's the best Marvel movie, but it's a very good movie on its own. Like, I, th- I still think it's top tier Marvel, even without like the, the hit. Why I liked it, they didn't use them for like cheap nostalgia five second cameos. Like those guys are like in almost half of the movie. I think they're there for like at least an hour. Yeah, Garfield, Garfield and Maguire, and like they help the story, like. Garfield is completing his own arc in this movie. Like, I feel like it could have been done. I was scared when the rumors were, obviously, like, you're like, oh, maybe it's not going to happen. But there are rumors, and I'm, I'm scared. I'm like, okay, this is going to be terrible because it's going to be too much. But it's still, like, Tom Holland's story, him and Zendaya are still great in Egypt. Like, that that trio, him, Zendaya, Jacob Atalon are all good. Mm-hmm. And Garfield, like, basically redeemed his, his last, the last 10 years of his career as, as Spider-Man. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd, yeah, this is my number two, man. I can't, like, it's just, I love this movie and I don't think I'll ever watch this movie or think about this movie without like smiling up because like, imagine growing up and telling you you're going to have the Spider-Man you're watching right now at Eto Maguire mm-hmm. and the one you'll be watching when you're 20-something and the one you're watching when you were first year of uni or like in the same movie. Like, what are you talking about? Just tapped into everything, man. Honestly. And it's so, for me, it was so easy to be done terribly. It's such a fine line. They can do that. You're like, oh. So yeah, this is my number two. Okay, my number five is Coda. Okay. Spoke about it a bit earlier. For anyone who doesn't know, you can find Coda on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a movie that centers around a hearing girl. She's about maybe... Actually, she's about to go to uni. She's maybe like 17 or whatever. She's a hearing girl in a family full of deaf people. Right. And she is getting tired of being like their interpreter because she has to be there for them everywhere and everything. She wants to go to uni. She wants to... She has a passion in music, which obviously... None of her parents or none of her family members care about because they can't hear it. So they don't understand that mm-hmm. thing. And that's the story. And Troy Kotso is probably going to win Best Supporting Actor for his performance in this. Um, yeah, I, Koda, I, I think it was Haja described it on our, on our film, on our podcast about passing and lost daughters. I, I can't remember exact words. I'm paraphrasing, but like the heartwarming film for people who hate heartwarming films. It's, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, I just like, I really liked Koda and I, I, I watched it and I was like, okay. And there's a scene, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a scene which involves singing and I'm like, holy fuck, this might be one of the best scenes of the year. So, yeah. I'd like to watch our movie soon, man. I haven't watched it yet. My number five is Koda. Well, that's the best picture Dark, Dark Horse, isn't it? It is. It is. It won best ensemble at the SAG. I, I think that's what really popped up is Dark Horse, but I still think, I still think <laughs> part of the double <laughs> win it. But yeah, it's a Dark Horse. I think it's probably in second place now. It's then Belfast in terms of like, who my win? Uh, what's your number four? My number four is the well. This is like this is basically such a biased pick from me. But number four is the the guilty neb the always <laughs> the guilty. <laughs> um, black guilty movie by the way. The Americans. Americans. <laughs> oh my god! Please continue. Continue. My number four is the is the Nebworth documentary. Um, Oasis Nebworth documentary. Oh, sorry, I didn't tell you. I know it didn't come out last year, but you can't put Zack Snyder's Justice League if you want in your top five. I am definitely not. Do you know Four Hours? Was that movie? Yeah, it was Four, four and a half. half. I wanted to one sitting. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible human being. How if I did that? There's no way you Please can. continue. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that came downstairs, like my housemate, to watch, and I was like, what are you guys doing, man? Is it like, has it, got, has it been that rough for you guys? <laughs> anyway, the Oasis Nebworth documentary. I love Oasis. This is basically Ugh. when they were like the biggest rock band in the world after they had released their second album. I think it's um, 
Morning Glory. What's the story, Morning Glory? And they were performing at Nebworth, which is around like this big area. I think it's kind of like, around the Midlands area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this big like patch of grass area right outside London. And it's quite interesting because it's taking the perspective from the people who went. So rather than taking um so you hear like narrations of people who actually went and um there was like there's one girl who went with her boy um with her brother and it was like three months after the document um after the actual festival that I found out like brother had cancer and the brother like had um has died now and like that's kind of like a most cherished memory of and like who the fuck cares about rock right these days, right? So like <laughs> like it's hard to kind of fathom that rock music, especially like Britpop. This is like the peak of Britpop. And I think they had two shows, two days, two shows, and it sold out in you know, and this is all like without social media and stuff. Is, this is all word of mouth. Is always Wonderwall. Yeah. Oh. So this album has like Wonderwall, um, What's the other? Um, Don't look back in anger, and I think those are like the two ones you should kind of if you say so. care about. <laughs> they have some of the good ones there as well. But yeah, that was my number four. Okay, because um, I really like Oasis, so more of a biased pick from me. From a rock band in London. They're not from London. To a, where are they from? Manchester. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for stepping on my segue. Jesus. Yeah, like biggest Man City fans, man. What are you doing? Wait, o- Oasis like Gallagher's. Yeah, the Gallagher's, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Um, Before they eventually, you know, self-destructed. <laughs> from a rock band in Manchester to a 10-year-old kid in Northern Ireland, my number four is Belfast. We've always spoken about this movie. I don't need to say anything about Belfast. Go watch Belfast. We love Belfast. Fucking love it, man. Like I said, I don't, I don't even want to watch this movie and doesn't like this movie. Um, I think cause Belfast is my number three as well. Okay. I think one thing I'll say is I really like the camera work in Belfast and the cinematography. I did too as well, yeah. The camera work was really good. I've seen some criticisms really, really about it though, but I really like really? the cinematography, yeah. People say it's very like uneven, that there's some great parts and some low parts. I, I really like the camera work. In, I thought it shows some very good angles. Some shots are quite good. I really there like were the a couple work. of like, I don't want to call them Citizen, Citizen Kane shots, but a couple of like times from, Just where, from the ground? No, not from the ground. It's like Jamie Dornan and um, Catherine Burphy are talking then the kid, I've forgotten his name, Jude Hill. is kind of like in the in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say they're sort of focused on the sort of bottom left, and he's like right at the top right there. Mm. And he's a bit faded out, of course, playing. But they're talking about, you know, him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I really like that. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the Citizen Kane shot, isn't it? Which one? I mean, it was like dancing and um, playing in the snow. Oh, okay, the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's your number three, Belfast, as well. That's my number three, yeah. My number three is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Number three, well, that's an insult. <laughs> you have it much higher then. That's my number fucking one, mate. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I, don't think, I think you're going you're gonna to hit me for my number one. Um, look, it's Dune. Definitely hate, I know your number one is. I already hate you already. You don't know what my number one is. That's probably you know what my number one is. Um, <laughs> what do you think my number one is? I won't no, say whether no, you're correct. I don't want to spoil it. It's Dune. Look, we had a big episode on Dune. Go listen to that if you want to know my thoughts on Dune. I love Dune. I can't wait for Dune Part 2. Denis Villeneuve is a master. Uh, well, I, I don't know anything to say about Dune. It's Dune. People, everybody has watched Dune. Please, it's go watch Dune, Dune if you haven't watched Dune. Yeah, like, yeah. Just a fucking well done movie, man. Just... I I might rewatch it this weekend now that you've sort of mentioned it. I've watched yeah. it twice and it's just Um Okay, what's your number two? 
My number two is licorice pizza. Okay. Can you talk about this without spoiling it? It is... Just remember a... how good Bradley was. Just, that's all you need to say. Just remember how good Bradley Cooper was in the movie. Bradley Cooper was insane in this movie. <laughs> he was batshit insane. I so, literally could not, like, just take you know the guy he's playing the screen. I've been to watch Trilla of this movie, but I know, like, he's insane in this movie. You know the guy he's playing was a producer, and I think the first is Star is Born. So basically, really? I know he was playing like a producer and stuff. Yeah, Bradley had to meet him in real life to like get his permission oh, to yeah, do yeah, Star yeah, Is Born. Yeah, yeah, and it's just and like a weird, and then it comes up play. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, talk about his literary pizza without spoiling it. Just a, um, this is like beautiful coming of age movie between, you know, these two guys trying to find themselves, like, you know, a child actor and this girl who doesn't really, you know, know what she's doing at the moment. Can we mention that like, you did not know that this? Please, who is this girl, Obiora? What's her this name? This is Alana Haim from a group band called Haim, which... And I you did not, not know that she had a band. I did not know this, no. <laughs> this is like her first movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's her first, and she's fucking great as well. And the kid is um, Cooper Hoffman. Yeah. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, um, R.I.P. But he's also, like... I know, like, you know, nepotism in Hollywood and stuff, but if nepotism in Hollywood is giving us this... I mean, isn't nepotism <laughs> if PTA wants to cast his friend's son? In a movie, like is that not, like is that like is that, well, that's so it's bad? It's more allowed, like, you know. What I'm saying? Yeah, it's, like it's it's perfectly allowed. Your number two is um, Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza. My number two is No Way Home, like I said, and your number one is Dune. Do you have anything you want to add to Dune? I'm still trying to figure out. Or can I just? Is it just fair to say that Timothy Chalamet is a chameleon? In terms of in terms of what kind of what kind of actor he is, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a good actor. Good actors need to be chameleons. I guess so. But at the same time, it's like when you're watching Leo, it's like, you know, you know what Leo is. Yeah, but Leo's settled into that. I guess so. I guess with time. Leo wasn't that 20 years ago. Charlemagne is like, what, 24, 25? No, 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 no. He might be like 26, actually, but you get what I mean. <laughs> oh, 26. <laughs> Have you seen Front Dispatch? I haven't seen that yet, no. So, like, I obviously watched all those movies back to back to back, and he's, like, he's so different in all three of them. So, yeah. Because he was in, um, what's that movie with that lady, um, with Sasha Ronan and that lady from Sacramento? Little Women. No. Uh, lady Bird. Lady Bird, there we go. He wasn't that, wasn't he? Yeah. Because yeah. that was, was like, summer that. of, was that the summer of Charlemagne where he had that, and he had, um, what's that really, movie, that movie that Call Me By Your Name. Beach. Yeah. Yeah. It was a dickhead in, uh, in Lady Bird. I remember, if I think so, yeah. Um, Fucking a peach. So what do you think my number one is? You say you know what my number one is. And number one is don't look down, isn't it? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> like, even if I wanted to, like, that, that's, that's pure, like, viral baiting. That one, no. I actually have to quit the podcast. No Way Home was my number one for a while. But I didn't feel like that was right. It felt like I was letting my inner child take too, take too much control of the wheel. Um, my number one is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Really? Yeah. I... Every time, obviously we did an entire episode of musicals, and every time I think about this movie, just like No Way Home, I'm either smiling, or not even smiling because of the movie, just like, not because of what happened in the movie, because smiling because of the craft. Um, I don't know, you might have seen it, but there was this clip that went viral a few weeks back about um, West Side Story. It even like involved Guillermo del Toro talking about like this clip and like what Spielberg did in, in the shot and everything. It's just, it's a really good movie, man. It's so good. It's actually, like, Phil Spielberg is, is making film. He's a filmmaker in this movie. It's so good. Um, Do you know my favorite fact about Spielberg and what? Scorsese? And because it's Spielberg, Scorsese, Ford Coppola, and what's the la- what's Lucas, the Star Wars I think. guy? Lucas, George Lucas. Yeah, George yeah. Lucas. Yeah, 
it's like sometimes they just call each other and ask them for help on like some oh scenes. yeah like um i tell you on the leo episode but like spielberg was on set the day that um you, do you remember in wolf of wall street yeah the, the yeah. scene with um the when they were going the ipo for madden yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. spielberg basically co-directed that scene and that's just i, I just love that man i don't know why i just love like just boys just i think it was scorsese's first oscar speech and he had like the uh, i think spielberg george lucas and ford coppola were there and they gave him the award or something they did. They did. Yeah. They all. They, yeah. 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 Guys, cinema for you guys. And then imagine, imagine seeing, imagine if you're the other nominees and you see that people, that person that's presenting it is Coppola, Spielberg, and George Lucas. You just know. <laughs> to be fair, that year was pretty poor, wasn't it? <laughs> you know who's winning the Oscar that year. That year was pretty bad. Um. Yeah. West Side Story. What's the name of the girl that's been nominated? What's her name? Ariana DeBose. Well, she's winning. She's it. like, she's going to she's, win. <laughs> she's going to win best support. She's won everything at part. Best supporting actress. Is she? She pierced, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, so she's like Afro Latina. Is she Afro Latina or just Latina? No, no, she's Afro Latina. Okay. She's like she's not like she's not light skin. I don't I, I don't I don't want to say she's dark skin. Yeah. But she's you don't not know what you don't know. <laughs> okay, do you want to hear the rest of my top ten, or should we just skip her? Let's go. My number six is King Richard. Tell the truth. <laughs> I think best will speak performance in over fifteen years, and in my opinion, his best movie. He's not. Richard Williams is not dead. No, he's not. I haven't seen was... him in any of the press. Oh, but he's, he's basically a recluse. Now he's, He doesn't come out. Is he? Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, recluse could be a harsh word, but it doesn't mean he doesn't really public appearances. It's not Batman, is he? Number seven is Encanto, which is the Disney musical, animated musical. Is that we don't talk about Bruno? We don't talk about Bruno, yes. I didn't watch that movie soon, actually. I thought you didn't watch cartoons. I don't, but, you know. <laughs> if you don't start, don't start with Encanto. Start with, like, Inside Out. Work your way up. Nine start with um, Frozen, because... Oh, One of my friends wants to do a Frozen oh, podcast, and I haven't watched it yet. Um, number eight is, for me is Tick, Tick, Boom, Andrew Garfield's Oscar-nominated performance. Number nine for me is Nightmare Alley, Bradley Cooper's performance. And number ten is Last Night in Soho, Edgar Wright's film. That was my top ten. With the queen. Which queen? Um, What's her name? <laughs> Elizabeth, is her name? Is that her name? Elizabeth. Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy, there we go. Um, Yeah. Anyone who's listened to our Get Out episode, you know why that was funny. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, let's wrap this up. We're going to post our predictions for who's going to win the Oscars and who we think should win on our Instagram and Twitter pages tomorrow. So please check that out. And of course, we'll come back on Monday when we would be recording straight after the Oscars, talk about what we've just seen. And maybe it will be a Will Smith win. Most likely. Hopefully. Knock on wood. And yeah, I don't know. Obi, anything else you want to add about anything we're talking about today? I want some chaos in the Oscars and um, the Oscars coming up. I just want like not even a dark horse, like a fucking green horse, man. I just want. To, <laughs> I want hey, don't to... look up his best picture. Ah no! <laughs> yeah, that's too far. You're taking it too far. Gosh, imagine if Don't Look Up wins best picture. Twitter would be, be a mess. mess. I'll stay on Twitter for like three days. I'll be like probably since uh, Shakespeare. I'll be the most polarizing movie to win, to win best picture since Shakespeare. Really, Shakespeare more than Crash and. Oh my god, actually you're right, Crash. And Green Book? Green Book was... I think people knew Green Book was going to happen, I guess. Yeah, yeah I think Crash is like, this is not... What is this? Um, <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to go because we have to go prepare for our big episode on Monday. Um, Of course, obviously, shout out to Obira for finally returning to the podcast. Um, He claims that he's preparing for his exams, but I think that's just a lie. Obviously, shout out to our producers, Ibuka Namani and Chinedu Heji. Um, Thank you, everyone. 
And please join us next week when we'll be joined by Oscar winner, Daniel Kalea. Obiora, be good. And if you can't be good, be careful. careful. Bye, guys. Oh, man, I might, <laughs> I might just put Belfast in the background and just fucking, well, I'm doing this assignment.